Hello, I'm Michael Serapio, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. Tonight on Primetime Politics, the Prime Minister blinks. It took weeks of pressure for the Prime Minister to back down and flip-flop. Justin Trudeau's Chief of Staff will testify before a parliamentary committee ending days of a Liberal filibuster to have her testify on foreign interference. We'll get reaction from members of Parliament. Also, David Johnston's mandate. Those questions will be answered in responsible ways by the process the former Governor-General is doing. As Special Rapporteur, the former Governor-General will assess the extent and the impact of foreign interference and make recommendations by the end of May. Will that include an independent inquiry? Should it include countries beyond China? We'll speak to the former Minister for Foreign Affairs, Defence and Justice, Peter McKay. This is Primetime Politics. Hello everyone, I'm Michael Sarabio. Well, Justin Trudeau's Chief of Staff will testify after all, agreeing to appear before the Commons Committee looking into election interference. The PMO made that announcement early today ahead of a vote in the House of Commons that would have accomplished the same end had the NDP sided with Conservatives, as Jagmeet Singh was threatening to do. Instead, this is what happened late in the afternoon. It took weeks of pressure for the Prime Minister to back down and flip-flop, but allow only one of his top advisors, one of the key people who was involved in the campaigns that Beijing helped the Liberal Party win in multiple elections. But what we really need is the full truth. He's named his uh, neighbor, uh, family friend, ski buddy, and member of the Beijing Finance Trudeau Foundation to look into the matter, which is nothing more than a delay. Will he allow Canadians to get to the truth and prevent this from happening again before the next election with a full public inquiry now? Right, Honourable Prime Minister. Speaker, Canadians know this is an extremely serious issue and should not be a partisan issue. That's why we named David Johnston as the independent expert to identify any gaps in our system. He will make public recommendations, which could include a formal inquiry or some other independent review process, and we will abide by those recommendations. Also have two national security bodies that will undertake independent reviews of foreign interference in our elections and are also taking further immediate action to bolster our institutions, better coordinate government efforts to combat interference, counter disinformation and move forward on a foreign influence registry. Now, in addition to that vote and the announcement about Katie Telford that came from the PMO, the Prime Minister also issued his mandate letter to the former Governor-General David Johnston, who is now serving as Special Rapporteur on Election Interference. To talk about all of this, we're now joined by Francesco Cerbera, Liberal MP for the riding of Vaughan Woodbridge in Ontario. Michael Cooper is the Conservative MP for St. Albert Edmonton. He's also a member of the Common Standing Committee on Procedure and House Affairs. And Peter Julian is the NDP House Leader and the MP for New Westminster Burnaby in British Columbia. Hello to the three of you. Good to I'm be Michael. here. Thanks. Good, good evening. Now, Mr. Cooper, I'll, I'll get you to start us off here because Katie Telford will now testify before your committee. It's what you've been asking for. Uh, what do you make of the development? What happened is after a liberal obstruction and 24 hours of filibustering, 
they, the Liberals caved in due to conservative pressure. No. It took conservatives bringing forward a motion in the House uh, yesterday before the Liberals finally capitulated. And as far as the NDP go, uh, they bear responsibility for blocking Telford's testimony on three occasions. They joined their coalition partner, the Liberals, to, to block Telford. So finally, finally we, have, finally, finally we have Telford, uh, but it shouldn't have taken this long. It shouldn't have taken three weeks. It shouldn't have taken 24 hours of Liberal filibustering and NDP obstruction. And so no. let's talk about the facts. First off, uh, Mr. Cooper actually removed from the NDP motion on the public inquiry specific reference to Katie Telford. Secondly, all of this came about because Jagmeet Singh uh, said in the morning to the Prime Minister and to Canada uh, that the NDP was uh, absolutely wedded to the idea of Katie Telford coming to committee. We wanted uh, a ceasing of the filibuster in procedure and House Affairs, and we wanted the motion uh, that the NDP had substantially crafted to be voted on. And so well, this is Jagmeet Singh and the NDP making a difference. Now, at the same time today, uh, the Conservatives blocked discussion and debate on the NDP's motion on the public inquiry. Shame on Pierre Polyev and shame on Conservatives Mr. for refusing well, to have that debate on the public inquiry. Well, let me jump in here because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the NDP did not support the Conservative motion. And, and now we're hearing from the Conservative House leader accusing your party of essentially helping Liberals to cover up the truth. What's your response to that, Mr. Julian? Because Katie Calford is coming to procedure in House Affairs. Uh, the, the Conservative motion was redundant, that we already have a pathway now for Katie Telford to come before procedure in House Affairs, as the Conservatives well know. And you could see that. They were so deflated in the House of Commons. They've been making a lot of noise and, yes, and, and, and carrying on like a bit of a circus well, in Mr. the House of Commons, Mr. and they Mr. simply Julian stopped doing that because they realized that what a, the NDP as a, as a did, that the Conservatives simply are incapable of doing, and that is getting to the is. truth and, and being the adults in the room. Okay, getting to the truth. But you know, Mr. Cerbera, the Prime Minister has already warned us that what we will hear from Ms. Telford would be limited. Are you concerned that that type of limitation will paint the picture of a government that's not being transparent with Canadians? Uh, Michael, thank you for this question and for, for the ongoing coverage of this very important issue for all Canadians. First off, we need to be very mature, and I've been saying to my colleagues, we need to be very serene and mature, and we need to take the partisanship out of this issue. Our election, our election process, we need to ensure that Canadians are confident in our elections, that Canadians and Canadians alone decide the elections, much like they did in 2019, much like they did in 2021, much like they will do in the future when elections happen. And we need to make sure that. And today's announcement of a broad mandate for the Special Rapporteur, of someone of someone's character, an individual's character, someone who is a, a lawyer and who covered democratic institution and a law professor, someone who is a governor general under two or three different prime ministers, someone with an impeccable record who will look into this, provide recommendations that our government <coughs> will abide by, as the prime minister stated, is so important. We need to have a mature discussion. But Katie we Telford, need to have a but, but separate, separate of David Johnston, Katie Telford, as we have, as I said, the prime minister already warns us, what she will be able to say to the committee will be limited. Does that create a transparency issue for your government? No, what it does, does create is our government being transparent. Ministers have uh, appeared before committee, and I believe in ministerial, ministerial accountability and transparency. 
uh, secure national security officials have appeared uh, before committee. Now, Ms. Uh, Ms. Telford will appear before committee, and of course, Ms. Telford will answer the questions that she is able to answer. Obviously, of course, within the realm of national security uh, concerns and national security issues, we all know that, all parliamentarians know that. But again, as we saw earlier with my two colleagues to, uh, to my left here, we need to have a mature discussion. We need to have a nonpartisan discussion. And this is exactly what the Prime Minister is moving forward with a special rapporteur who is an impeccable Canadian, an impeccable with impeccable character, who will provide and consult with national security officials on the best path forward so Canadians can have full confidence in the election process, in terms of when you're going to vote, and, the, in, and in terms of, and we need to be very cognizant, the world has changed. The world has changed very much so. And our institutions need to adapt. We need to make sure we put in mm -hmm. place measures to protect our institutions, that Canadians have full faith in our institutions. And we've done that. Just what, the ANSACOP okay, uh, yeah. Security what Committee if, is one example of that. And our Okay, let me jump in here, Mr. Sober, because I will, I will get to Mr. Johnston in a moment. But, you know, Mr. Cooper, given the limitations of, of Ms. Telford's testimony, the Prime Minister does accuse your party of trying to, quote, uh, gin up the toxicity and partisanship because, again, there are things that Ms. Telford cannot say before a public committee. And you, you, you and your party know that. How do you answer that type of accusation? Well, one of the biggest problems uh, and failings of this prime minister is that he consistently failed to heed the advice of CSIS, and that is to be transparent, and to provide sunlight, and to make foreign interference known to the public. And uh, Canadians were left in the dark uh, with respect to Beijing's election interference in two federal elections. The only reason it has come to light is because of a CSIS whistleblower and the reporting of the Globe and Mail and Global News based upon their review of CSIS documents. Uh, it appears the Prime Minister has learned no lessons based upon their telegraphing today that, for, that Katie Telford will not be transparent, that she won't be open with the committee, that they're going to continue that's to not, hide the true, truth. Michael, it's it's all part of a continuation of the cover-up. And as far as Mr. Julian goes, he frankly misrepresented uh, what Conservatives did at the committee with respect to the removal of Ms. Telford. We actually broadened a motion with respect to the public inquiry. He actually supported that amendment. It was to preempt any liberal filibustering from happening. And we actually strengthened the NDP uh, motion and therefore strengthened the concurrence motion that I hope the House will soon uh, deal with admit, in in admit in that in that, you that out Katie in, in, in no admit, and you supported admit it you, su you, you supported you it and we then put forward another motion that you and then we put forward Katie another Telford's motion name. so it's all semantics it's, 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 it's not, not semantics. it's not it's, it's not it shows accurate. the chaos within the conservative no, it's, party it's not, and their inability to look, be adults we, in terms of going after it. an Peter, extremely important issue of foreign interference and the other aspect which is extremely important is the issue of Russian no. interference that the Conservatives wanted to take out of the motion in the public inquiry. Uh, they did not want to see well, Russian interference we, and a more broad inquiry that actually touches other types of foreign the, interference. The this is why uh, people can, just can't rely on Pierre Polyev. When he talks about being sincere about foreign interference, he's also, he was the minister responsible under the Harper government. He did nothing, absolutely nothing, to protect Canadians and ensure that we, we had elections that were free okay, let me, of foreign Michael, interference. I'm going to so, jump this, in. This, I'm going to jump in, and I apologize. I'm quickly running out of time, but Mr. Serbert, I'm going to give the last word for here you. for you, okay? Because we've heard from both Mr. Julian and Mr. Cooper. But Mr. Cerbera, here we have Katie Telford now going before the committee. 
Why is the Prime Minister doing this if he acknowledges right off the top that she cannot answer all the questions that the committee may have for her? You know, uh, Michael, the, the, the answer to that is very, very simple. We need to have a mature discussion, a nonpartisan discussion. That is why the, the mandate of the special rapporteur today was brought forth. That is why we will abide by the recommendations of someone of uh, Mr. Uh, Johnson's character, an impeccable person, someone who's served the public and public service for over five de decades uh, here in Canada. Uh, we will watch his process. Canadians can be rest assured that they can have confidence in our election process, in our government institutions. That is the most important thing for Canadians to have to know when they come home tonight from work and they watch the news and they understand the process and what we're going on here. What you've seen today from my two colleagues here is partisanship. We need to rise above that partisanship. This is too an important an issue. We need to take the partisanship out and we need to ensure Canadians have the confidence in the, in the electoral process and the institution. And the Prime Minister has done that by appointing a special rapporteur and again, will abide by the special rapporteur's recommendations and someone of impeccable character. And I look forward to his work and I look forward to the recommendations. When the recommendations come out, all Canadians will see those recommendations. They'll know what's in there. They'll know what this person is recommended to move forward with. Okay, I need to do some very quick follow-up here. One at a time, Mr. Cooper. Uh, we have Mr. Johnson now with this mandate letter. He will have till the end of, the, of May to make a recommendation as, in terms of a path forward. Will your party accept the recommendation from David Johnston? What, what we need is an immediate public inquiry into Beijing's election but if David Johnston, But if David Johnston does not recommend that by the end of May, will you we, accept we, no, his recommendation? We, we, we believe that based on every piece of information that is available, that it's long past due that there be a public inquiry. And what the appointment of Mr. Johnson is, of this so-called special rapporteur, is nothing more than a delay tactic by Justin Trudeau to kick the can down the road to buy him more time. We need a public inquiry now, and we need to allow the Parliamentary Committee of PROC to continue to do its work, which has been obstructed by Liberal filibustering over the past three weeks. Uh, to, to produce the relevant documents, to hear from additional witnesses, in addition to that of Ms. Telford. And Mr. Julian, will your party accept the recommendation from Mr. Johnston, even if it does not include a full public inquiry? Uh, we believe that Mr. Johnston, given the weight of the, the number of people who are suggesting a public inquiry, and despite the fact that the Conservatives blocked the debate on the public inquiry today, which is a uh, I think a contradiction that I think Canadians can see. When you've got Jean-Pierre Kingsley, former head of Elections Canada, when you've got a variety of, of former security services heads all saying a public inquiry is needed, I, I think it's likely to say Mr. Johnson, who, who does come uh, with a with strong background, including being appointed as Governor General by Mr. Harper, uh, he, I think, can see the logic behind having a public inquiry, and, and so uh, we'll continue to uh, push for that. We believe that mm -hmm. that's what Canadians want to see. Okay, well, we're out of time, and Mr. Cooper, don't worry, it was a wide shot. We saw your head nodding no, even though you want to jump in again, but for now, uh, Mr. Julian, Mr. Cooper, Mr. Cervera, thank you for the time this evening. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank Take care. Thank you. Have a nice evening. Well, let's turn now to Peter McKay, a former Conservative Minister of Foreign Affairs, Defence and Justice at different times. We asked him to join us this evening to, to get his thoughts on foreign interference in Canada's electoral process. Peter, good to see you. Thank you for joining us. 
My pleasure, Michael. Thank you. Listen, I want to start here by getting your thoughts on the, the Prime Minister's move today, acquiescing uh, to opposition demands and allowing his chief of staff to testify before committee. Was this always going to be necessary, or is this what Liberals had been arguing, just really a political play for the opposition to keep the issue alive? No, Michael, I think there was a certain inevitability to Katie Telford being called to committee. Um, let's not forget that the, she has been before the committee on previous occasions with respect to the so-called SNC-Lavalin affair and uh, pressuring Jody Wilson-Raybould, amongst others, and then the issue of the, the WE scandal with respect to uh, funding that was going to the Kielberger brothers. So um, this idea that chiefs of staff are somehow... Um, not relevant to the discussion in a parliamentary committee or, or subject to some kind of protection is simply not the case. And the pressure was mounting and mounting. And I, I think the overall impression of there being a cover-up or an attempt, <clears throat> pardon me, an attempt by the Prime Minister's office not to be accountable and not to have people around him accountable, uh, it simply became too much. And so she'll be well briefed and prepared when she comes to committee. But the question for her and for others is, when did they know, what did they know, and what did they do about it? And that is also, I would suggest, extending to whatever other investigation is to happen outside of Parliament. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, uh, of course, in addition to the news of Katie Telford today, the Prime Minister also released uh, the mandate letter for David Johnston. The former GG will have to submit recommendations uh, about the way forward here by the end of May. As you know, Mr. Johnston's ability to investigate independently has come under question. What do you make of his appointment and really his ability to do the job to the satisfaction of all Canadians? Well, firstly, this has very little to do with David Johnson, the person, David Johnson, the individual with amazing credentials and, and integrity. Um, but it has everything to do with, in fact, the the fact that he is has proximity to uh, the prime minister himself, which he has spoken of in terms of calling him a friend. Uh, and it has to do more so with the public impression of the individual who may be the subject of some of this investigation, deciding firstly who it is, and secondly, what the mandate is, Michael. So it's a, a baked-in recipe for a conflict of interest that undermines public confidence right out of the gate. And so again, I say for emphasis, David Johnson has, uh, you know, if, if you were to list people uh, in our country that had uh, the highest of credentials and public confidence, yes, but, and here's the important part, the but, the compromise position that he is in and his ability then to say, uh, you know, I, I've done this without any prior um, influence or, or interference from the person who may, in fact, or the office that may, in fact, be uh, very much the subject of the investigation. Plus, the mandate itself doesn't allow for uh, calling of witnesses under oath and perhaps going where he needs to go to get the answers that the public will demand. Is that the case, though? Because it's interesting, because when you go through that, that mandate letter, it does essentially say that he, he has the right to make recommendations. That includes a public inquiry. Uh, does that not answer some of the concern being expressed here by opposition members? 
Perhaps some, but I don't think all. And uh, the issue of whether, in fact, a recommendation for a public inquiry or even a judicial inquiry is the end result, we will know soon enough. I, I will say that, that there is a short time span upon which to complete this report and this advice to the Prime Minister. But even as I'm saying that, Michael, I, I remind us that we're asking somebody to investigate, to look into, to try to shed further light, which this is what the public is demanding and what parliamentarians are demanding, and then report to the very person who may be the subject of this investigation. Now, that said, I, I also wonder about the extent of which an investigation going forward should look at, because so much of the focus has been on China right now. But writ large, the letter talks about foreign interference. What else do you think, or at least how far of an extent do you think this investigation actually needs to be? Well, I, I think it needs to be very in-depth and far-reaching. Uh, this touches upon, as you know well, the very cornerstone of our democracy and our ability to have confidence in electoral results. The, uh, the subject of the, the interference is not only, in my view, about our political system. It also has to be about the government itself. Uh, we know that there is prolific cyber activity, intrusion, into the, the private sector as well and businesses. Uh, we know the, the sad saga of Nortel, and there are other examples uh, for which many are, are aware. I, I chaired the National Security Committee for almost 10 years. And so the subject of foreign interference is very broad and touches in all parts of, of uh, our country. Um, and so, and it also goes beyond China, as you alluded to. So. This should be given the highest priority. There should be some very serious recommendations and resources that are put to stopping it, cutting it off, and uh, and working with our allies, of course, in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So, so as one with your experience, then Peter, when you look at this case and certainly the the, the cases beforehand, what kind of protective regime do you hope comes out of this whole controversy? Well, I, I think the, the foreign registry is a, is a good start. I think we need to look at some of the organizations who are seized first and foremost with protecting Canadians, their privacy, their intellectual property. So CSIS, obviously, the RCMP, but also our uh, communication security establishment, which is under the auspices of the Department of National Defense. I think uh, FinTrack, uh, various uh, agencies that work together to try to combat all sorts of, of online illicit activity that uh, we need to be concerned about. And of course, as I, as I mentioned, we need to be able to work with our international allies. It's unfortunate that we're on the outside of AUKUS, which is also an intelligence sharing body in addition to some of their, their other mandate. But uh, the Five Eyes, our, our uh, allies in Europe, we, uh, we are now living in this very interconnected world, which has been great for many aspects, including trade, but it also has left us more vulnerable and behind the curve in some cases on the ability of, of our adversaries to reach into our country and exert influence. And then there's the, the personal influence, of, uh, which is part of the subject of this, this rapporteur's mandate, and that is, were there candidates who were compromised? Was there foreign money that was brought into our Canadian electoral system. These are very serious allegations that have left Canadians shaken and I would suggest even more cynical about uh, the transparency that's needed. Well, the process is beginning. Uh, Peter, perhaps we'll have the chance to speak again. But for now, thank you. Really appreciate the time tonight.
My pleasure. Thank you, Michael. And that's Peter McKay. Well, let's turn now to the other stories making headlines today, beginning with StatsCan that says inflation is slowing down, but prices do remain high. Inflation was 5.2% in February. That's compared to 5.9% in January. That is the biggest drop in nearly three years. Gas prices fell slightly last month, but grocery prices are still 10% higher compared to this time last year. The country's top court has started a two-day hearing that will rule on the constitutionality of the Impact Assessment Act. Now, that is more commonly known as Bill C-69. Federal officials are appealing an earlier ruling from Alberta, which said the act overstepped federal authority. Now, that said, two Supreme Court justices were and seats were empty today. Justice Russell Brown remains on leave after an alleged altercation in the U.S. And the newest justice, Michelle Obonsuin, was also absent. That keeps the court at an odd number and avoids a possible deadlock. Arguments will continue tomorrow. Systemic racism is a harsh reality across Canada's criminal justice system. And the overrepresentation of Indigenous Black and racialized peoples is a symptom of this broader illness. That is the public safety minister announcing two measures to reduce the overrepresentation of racialized Canadians in the prison system. More than $5 million for programs that create alternatives to incarceration for Indigenous people and a commitment that Correctional Service Canada will work better with affected communities on reintegration efforts. The government making those pledges on the International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. In Quebec, the Legault government will cut income tax over the next five years and slow down the timeline for debt reduction. Today is Budget Day in Quebec and the province is also projecting a $4 billion deficit and slower growth this year, but a balanced budget by 2028. And Liberal MP Han Dong is breaking his silence on foreign interference, citing anonymous sources last month. Global News says the Prime Minister was warned of a candidate who had support from Beijing. The report also says CSIS allegedly urged Justin Trudeau to drop that candidate from the Liberal slate. Today, Han Dong denied being part of or benefiting from any Chinese foreign interference network. Here is in part what he had to say. Because of the report of a verified anonymous allegation, I'm subject to, or my team, uh, to a lot of attacks online and, um, and even extend to my constituents. You know, I think that needs to stop. Um, look, you know, I've been a politician uh, for almost 10 years now. And uh, in terms of my nomination, my elections, everything is properly filed and reported. It's all, all on public record, you know, and anyone has questions about um, expense or costs, you know, where they came from, they can go online and find out. You know, I'm a Canadian, um, nominated by Liberals, registered Liberals in Damali North and uh, elected by uh, Canadians to serve Canadians. I'm just going to focus on my work. Uh, there's a lot of work in the riding, and, um, you know, I, 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 I want to see what... Uh, Mr. Uh, David Johnson uh, make out of it as a special repertoire. And we will continue to follow all those stories for you here on CPAC. But for now, that is our show for you on this Tuesday evening. I'm Michael Serapio. For everyone here at CPAC, thank you for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow.